a powerful word for you today. Go with me, if you will, to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. If you do not have your Bibles with you, we've got all the verses and everything on the screen. You'll be able to follow right along. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. Any of my children in here, those of you that can respond, anybody know the story of Moses? Anybody know the story of Moses? God called Moses to be a deliverer. God called Moses to go into a place and deliver his people from slavery. And so they come out, and look what happens as soon as they come out here in verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, Watch this, Why do you cry to me? I mean, Moses has just gone out in faith. We've got uh, the Red Sea in front of us, nowhere to go. We've got Egyptians now changing their minds, saying, you know what, we shouldn't have let them go. We're going to go chase them down, and we're not just going to kill them. We're going to bring them back into slavery with us. Nowhere to go. No options. We've got three options. We can surrender to the Egyptians. We can try to fight them, even though they've got a great army in front of us. Or we can trust in God. Three options, surrender, fight, or trust. The water is not a place to go. That's not an option here. So let's keep looking at this. Uh, God responds and he says, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. To go forward where? To go forward where? To go forward is to drown. To go forward is to drown. Sometimes advancing in life looks like the very death in your life. That you're scared to take the next step because where I'm stepping is going to kill me, is going to demolish me. That's, that's my end. It would be better for me to go back. It's interesting to note the things that you'll go back to even when it was tormenting you. It's interesting to note that we will even have a desire to go backwards to something that hurt us simply because it was familiar and comfortable. Complacency is so dangerous. Familiarity will kill you every time. It's amazing. There's times that I'll counsel somebody or be trying to be helping somebody, and they'll go backward to the very thing that was destroying their life simply because they knew the ins and outs. There there was nothing going to jump out and get me. I I knew what the next step was. I knew if I take this pill, uh, even though it was tormenting me, I knew what it was going to do. I knew if I went back to that individual, even though they were harmful for me, I knew what it felt like. I knew what it was going to be like. There's no surprises. And so now we've got the Israelites that are willing to go back. They were enslaved for over 400 years to the Egyptians. And now they're telling Moses, 
why did you bring us out of there? At least I knew I had three meals a day. At least I knew what my job was. At least I knew that I had a place to lie down, even if it wasn't the most comfortable. God has called his people out to a promised land flowing with milk and honey, and they knew about this land. This was passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. There's a promised land. There's a promised land. Sometimes we are looking ahead to something but not willing to take the road that will get us there. I know the greatness that's on the other side, but I'm not willing to endure what's going to get me there. So now Moses stands up in faith, as a great leader does, and he says, Look, there's no need to be in fear. Our God will fight for us. He will go before us. You can just picture him standing in front of over a million people saying, our God will fight for us. We got water here. We've got the Egyptians here. And he's thinking, we're going to have to go and take these guys. Our God is is going to fight for us. And then Moses turns around like every great leader does because great leaders will speak things even though they have no idea how it's going to come to pass. And so he says, hey, hey, I, I, I just got done watching God. I just got done watching God bring ten plagues upon the Egyptians. Ten unbelievable plagues. And every time they denied one, I brought another one. And every time they denied one, I brought another one. Until finally Pharaoh's own son was killed. And finally Pharaoh says, let my people go. I just, got, I just, I just watched God do all this greatness. So I know he's going to fight for us. And then Moses turns around to God and says, all right, God, what you got? And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? See, there's a time to cry out to God. There's a time to to put the work on God. But then you'll find out that God many times will transfer and delegate the ability back to you. And he'll say, why are you crying to me? He says, tell the children of Israel to go forward. Look at verse 16. But lift up your rod. Lift up your rod. What's he doing? He's referring to a resource that Moses had the whole time. Maybe the very thing that you're believing God for has been in your hands the whole time. And here we are crying out to God. You God, you got to do another work. You got to do a new miracle. You got to do a new thing. You're going to have to show yourself in a new way. And God says, "Why are you crying to me? Lift up your rod." Remember that rod that I gave you at the burning bush? Remember I said, "Throw it down and it would turn into a snake and then you pick it back up." Remember that rod that I said, uh, "Touch the Nile River and it'll turn to blood." Remember that rod that I did all these different plagues and these signs and these wonders? It still works today. He's not telling him to go do, wait, you know, believe on some new sign, some new miracle. He says, pick up the rod. Pick up the rod. You've had the rod in your, whole, in, your whole, in your own hand this whole time. And stretch out your hand. Everyone say, stretch out. Everyone say, stretch out. He says, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of The midst of the sea, right in the middle of the very thing you thought was stopping you. I'm going to take you right through it. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. He's asking you to do it, but he wants all the glory. 
see, if, if he gave, if he gave the, uh, the Israelites all of a sudden this great power to fight the Egyptians, well, people could say, well, the Israelites outnumbered them. The Israelites defeated them. The, the Israelites overpowered them. But God says, no, I want you to stretch out your rod over the sea. He's asking him to use a resource that doesn't look like it can get the job done. Sometimes God is placing resources in your hands that looks very insignificant compared to the problem and the struggle that's ahead of you. What is God asking you for today? What is in your hand today that you're saying, dude, there's no way I can do this. There's no way I could pay that off. There's no way I could buy that. There's no way I could heal that. There's no way I could change that. This is all I have. But it's interesting to note that all you have is all he asked for. All that's in your hand is all. He's not asking you for something you don't already have. We looked at this a few weeks ago when we were reading about Gideon. Reading about Gideon. And Gideon obviously was insignificant, even in himself. He raises up an army that's still insignificant. God dwindles that down to 300. And, God, and, and Gideon said, this is all I have. And God says, that's all I want. Many times we don't give up what we have because we think it's not enough. But what you have in God's hands is always enough. Always enough. He says, I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots, and his... It's not about you. This isn't about your glory. This isn't about you defeating them. This isn't about you. This is about me. I want to show myself strong through you. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one. It gave light by night uh, to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Then Moses stretched out. Everyone say, stretch out. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. It says Moses stretched out his hand, and the Lord caused the sea. Moses stretched out his hand, and the Lord caused the sea. Moses stretched out his hand, and the Lord caused the sea. You do your part, and God does his part. But obviously it requires a step of faith. Stretching is a funny thing. Stretching is a funny thing. Anybody that works out, anybody that exercises on a regular basis knows this, that stretching is important. Uh, and, and I've even found this out, that stretching isn't just important before you work out, but stretching is important after you work out. Just this past week, uh, I myself got back into the gym. Uh, you know, it's, there's, I'm always getting back into the gym. That, <laughs> I've just discovered I am perpetually getting back into the gym. And, and I don't know why I do it because those first few days, especially leg day, anybody that work out, anybody understand leg day? Leg day. If, if I could skip leg day, I would. But you can't skip leg day. And, and, and the, the first day after leg day, that's one thing. But the second day, oh, on the second day. The other day, I got out of bed, and I went, oh, I think I almost fell down. If the bed was not right, I mean, your legs just give out. There's, you have no control. Your, 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 your uh, legs will do whatever they want to do. It's jello at that point. 
and I found out that I needed to stretch. You realize that you got to stretch when it's tight. You got to stretch. You don't stretch when it's when it's all loose and good. You stretch when it's tight and you need to loosen it up. Stretching does a few things. Let's look at this. Stretching number one uh, increases your ability to handle more. It increases your capacity. The more I stretch, the more I can handle. It increases my ability to handle more. It increases. Uh, it's very dangerous to exercise without stretching. I'm a huge baseball fan. Most of you know that. And, and every baseball game that I've gone to, I always like to get there early. My, I, my wife's gone to a few with me, and she's like, why do we got to get there so early? I want to watch batting practice, man. You get to meet people. You get to catch, you know, home run balls and stuff, uh, you know. And, and, and the one thing that I always see happening before a baseball game is these guys out doing these silly stretches. I think baseball players make up stretches. Like, they just think, if I do it in this position and, and get my leg back here, uh, then I'll be good. I'll be able to steal that base. I'll be able to, to run out that, uh, you know, line drive or whatever. And, and, and so they're always stretching, always doing these weird things. They're running like crazy. Uh, even, even the pitchers, the pitchers are the biggest one. You've got to stretch out your arm. Pitchers have to stretch out their arm. And so you'll see them, they'll play, be playing catch maybe 40 feet apart. Uh, I remember when I, I was uh, in high school playing, I would do this thing. I'd get on my knees where you're just using your upper body, just using your upper body. And then I used to have this tennis ball that I cut a slit in and filled it up with pennies. So it's heavy. What am I doing? I'm stretching out my arm. So when I get that baseball now, I've got the power. I'm stretched out. I'm loose. Because if you try to throw as hard as you can tight, you mess something up. It's dangerous to exercise when you haven't stretched. And guys, I want to tell you something, that there are a lot of believers, there are a lot of Christians that are exercising faith they have never stretched. I'm not talking about exercising your faith today. I'm talking about stretching, stretching, stretching your faith. God tells Moses, stretch out. Why? Because there's somewhere I need to get you. Now, God wasn't just asking Moses to stretch out his rod. He was asking Moses to stretch out his faith. The rod versus the Red Sea loses every time. In ten fights, the rod will lose ten times. It wasn't the rod that parted the sea. It was Moses' faith that he stretched out over the waters and the waters parted. They were able to walk across on dry land. God needed God didn't just want, God needed. God doesn't just want, God needs you to possess that. God needed his people to possess the promised land. God needed his people to go into the promised land, drive out all the evil, drive out all the sin, and overtake the land. The land that was given to their forefathers thousands of years ago with Abraham. What he places in your hand is all he is asking you to use. What he is placing in your hand is all that he's asking you to use. He's asking you to stretch out what you have. Look, if what you had was enough to get the job done, you wouldn't need God. If Moses uh, was able to find a bridge somewhere that got them over the Red Sea, they wouldn't need God. Wait, let's just take the bridge. 
If, if they had a bunch of boats that could get them across the water, they wouldn't need God. Let's just use the boat. But now Moses is in a position where I have to trust God to get me from here to there. And to do that, I'm going to have to stretch something. God isn't looking for your power. He's looking for your obedience. That's the first thing we go to. That is the first thing we go to when God places something on our heart or gives us some kind of vision or tells us to go accomplish or possess something. The first thing we go to is, I can't. It's too big. I'm not enough. I'm inadequate. Uh, I'm insufficient. The first thing we look at is our deficiency rather than his sufficiency. We've been ministering this whole month on generosity. And I hope that it has stretched you to understand that the, the stretch is where we are able to increase what we have. Stretching is always about increase. Stretching is always so I can do more, so I can handle more, have a larger capacity. So he's not looking For your power, he wants your obedience. Go to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. We're almost out of here. I've got, I'm leading into something. I'm leading into something. We're in the stretch, amen? We're in the stretch. We've got to stretch ourselves. We've got to stretch ourselves. You know, it, when, when something's hurting, uh, anyone ever had a Charlie horse? Anyone ever had something just lock up on you? The thing you want to do is just, but what you need to do is stretch it out. Stretch it out. Everyone say, stretch it out. You got to stretch it out. We are in the stretch. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains. Of your dwellings. Do not spare. He says do not spare. Get it all out there. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Watch this in verse 3. For you shall expand to the right. And to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations. And make the desolate cities. Inhabited. Stretching. Helps you reach something you couldn't touch before. I'm not going to have you come up here and demonstrate, but I'm sure there are some of you that could bend down and touch your toes. I got one volunteer. Bend over and touch your toes. But I cannot. Especially after this last week. Forget about it. I'm all locked up. But if I want to be able to do that, what do I need to do? Stretch. I can stretch out so I can reach more. You can't increase your reach until you expand your stretch. I can't reach stuff today because I haven't stretched there. But if I can stretch myself, then I can reach things. I want you to know this, guys. The number one reason why we're here, the number one reason why four years ago my wife and I answered the call to move up to Valdosta, Georgia from St. Augustine, Florida, and pastor this church is so that Anchor Faith Church could increase the reach. 
There's a word that's being ministered. There's a work that's being done in a completely other location, different location. And it needs to be here. There's a kingdom that needs to be advanced. There's a word that needs to be ministered. There's lives that need to be changed for the kingdom of God. And that's the only reason I'm here. To see people's lives delivered from bondage, delivered from darkness, and people brought out of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. That's what it's all about. Reaching people, reaching people, reaching people. And we've reached and we've stretched, but I'm telling you today that there's more stretching because there's more reaching. And where there's more reaching, there's more touching. And where there's more touching, there's more changing. And where there's more changing, there's more empowering. And where there's more empowering, there's more people changing, more lives for the kingdom of God. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. If we don't increase, if we don't expand our stretch, we will not increase our reach. On the screens this morning is a graphic that says in the stretch. But underneath all the cool little text and logos and all that fun stuff is a piece of property. It's a piece of property. 11 acres of land. 11 acres of land right here in the center of this graphic. A couple months ago, another pastor in town approached me about a piece of property that they purchased several years ago. They, they financed it, and they are willing to let it go for what they owe on it. They spent over $300,000 for the property. They're willing to let it go for $130,000. Now, I'll be honest with you right now. This stretches me. I've never looked at numbers that large. I've never, uh, uh, you know, obviously when, 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 as a pastor, when you're pastoring, you know, there's a large vision there. And, and we've been working. I mean, even, you know, uh, uh, over the last four years, I've been asking God about this piece of property. That building has been empty the entire four years we've been here. There was somebody in there for maybe six months. They're gone. It's empty again. And so I'm asking God, what, God, what is it? What, what, what's the next place? Because I know 2,000 square feet is not going to be able to handle and hold what God wants to do. And I ain't doing 10 services. Hey, that right now. I wear my voice out in one. Not getting me up here 10 times in one weekend. We've got to enlarge our capacity. So this pastor approaches me. And there's, at this point, it's on contract to sell. So there's nothing he can do at this point. But when that contract runs out at the end of September, I'm asking God, what's the next step? Eleven acres would be plenty of space for it. Eleven acres would be plenty of space. I drive out there. I go out there. I drive on the property. I drive all over that thing. I'm praying. I'm praying in the spirit. I'm asking God, what, what, what are we doing? Uh, the very first day we went to look at it, I took Brent, uh, and, and Brent Biles and Van Murphy with me. We went out there. First thing we did is got back in the truck and prayed, God, what do you want to do? I just want to do what God wants to do. That's all I want to do. I don't care about property. I don't care about buildings. I care about the people that will converge upon the place and be instructed and learned and taught and reached for the kingdom of God. That's the only reason I want land. But God's all about taking land. God's all about possessing things. But it's a stretch. 
$130,000 is the stretch. What in the world does a church of less than 100 have any business looking at purchasing something over $100,000? But we got to stretch out. And until we expand our stretch, there's more people in this city that God wants to reach. There's more of Lowndes County. There's more of Valdosta. And guys, I want surrounding counties. Let's get Brooks. Let's just get them. Let's get them for the glory of God. Let's, let's ask God, what does he want to do through us? I want to tell you this. Last week, we took up money. We, we uh, mentioned that St. Augustine was believing God uh, to finish uh, uh, raising the first goal of $250,000, which, by the way, Pastor Earl has given me liberty to let you know they have reached the goal. The contract was signed as of Thursday morning. And there's still a lot more to be done. <laughs> Quarter of a million dollars was just the beginning. But we raised money right out of here. We raised almost $800 right out of this church by itself. Now, the first thing we think is $800 or $200. Wow, what a, what a big debt we did. You don't know what, what you have in God's hands could do. If somebody can take five loaves and two fish, give it to Jesus, and then it multiplies, you don't know what that $800 did once it got there. It could have turned into 8000 for all we know. You might not believe that sort of thing, but just read your Bible. Just read your Bible. So God is stretching us. And when we can stretch our faith, we can increase our reach. We can increase our reach. There's more families. This piece of property is located on East Park Avenue. In the top left corner is Jail Newborn, Jail Newburn Middle School. On the other side of the property is a brand new charter school. And at the end of the road, less than a quarter mile down, is where the new Valdosta High School is going in. What does God want to do? I'll be honest with you, I don't have all the answers today. I don't have all the answers today. But I'm praying and I'm seeking God. I'm bringing this to you today. So you can stretch your faith with me. Stretch your faith with me. And just as we've been reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Just because we intend to do something doesn't get the job done. God was dealing with the Corinthian church that was blessed. God was dealing with the Corinthian church that had the ability to bless another church in Jerusalem. And he said, you guys are blessed, but you guys are withholding. You told us last year that you wanted to help. But we've got Macedonians here who are poorer than you, who are giving out of their poverty. And you've got to increase and you haven't let it go. Oh, we've been saying all month, you don't have to, to, to be rich to be generous. And even the rich cannot be generous. Money doesn't determine whether you're generous or not. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. Now, obviously, there is a financial pressure in front of us if we pursue this. But God has a way of making things possible. And God has told me this. He said, stretch out your rod. Stretch out what you have. What you have. Well, what do we have today? We've got faithful vision partners. 
We've got faithful tithers and givers. We have faithful people that every project that we have done in this house has not once been financed or been done under debt. It has all been paid off in cash. We didn't do one project without first having the finance. But that's how quick you made it happen. Is he stretching us again? Is he stretching us again? I want to read this prophecy to you in closing. Chase, if you would come up. Two years ago at our Full Force Kingdom Conference down in St. Augustine, Florida, a minister there by the name of Billy Joe Watts was ministering. And he began calling up different people and prophesying over them. He called my wife up to the front. And he spoke these words. And, and, and as a prophecy, you're always staying sensitive and you always have to keep it in front of you. Well, uh, Pastor Crystal actually pointed this out to me just randomly reading it a few weeks ago, pointed this out. I said, yeah, that's it. He said this to my wife and I. So we pray for the campus that will come in and there will be a building here and there will be a building and there will be a building there and another over there. For great is the plan for everything that I see. I won't even articulate in human language and it will be great and it will be a blessing and many will come nigh unto the ministry and you'll be able to look back and say my 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 look what the Lord has done and it's already begun within you two years ago he went on to say the sending church the sending the senders sender the senders senders the senders will be senders and the sent will be senders. That's reproduction. Reproduction. That's what I heard the Holy Ghost say. Near and far, it'll be a blessing. Be not weary in well-doing. Due season, you are in your season. Not weary in well-doing in your season. Not weary in well-doing in the season. Things are coming. He ended with this. And I just felt led particularly after you ministered last night. I ministered the night before. I felt led particularly after you ministered last night. They're big things. There are big things. Yeah. There are big things. Big things. Big things. What does God want to do? What does God want to do? Whatever he wants to do, he will not do it without me and you. He won't do it. Show me one time in the Bible where God acted without using humans, without using mankind. Why? Because Genesis 1.26, I'm giving all dominion and ownership and stewardship to you. You rule. You control it. You make it happen. And as we stretch out our faith, the Lord caused. As we stretch out our rod, the Lord caused. What could the Lord cause to do, cause to happen, if we will just obey to do? 
so I'm charging you this morning. I love that we've got our entire family because this is why we do what we do. Every child, every spouse, every husband, every wife, every teacher, every agricultural worker, every social worker, every hospital worker, every person in this room, every person in this city, in this county, this is why we do what we do. Look, if I knew that people would come to church if we just got a piece of property and set up chairs out of it and maybe put a tent up and people would come to that, we'd just do that. No child care, uh, no, you know, no water, no electricity, uh, no heating and AC, no lights. If I thought you'd come to that, we would just do that. But I think that God wants to do something big. I think that God wants to do something big. Can we put a school on the property? Can we put a preschool on the property? Can we put a fitness center on the property? Could we have education centers? Could we have a, 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 a recreation area? What could we do? What does God want to do? The vision's great, but it requires every one of us. Now here's what I'm going to do. October 18th. October 18th will be our four-year anniversary service. And the Lord's told me to do this. The Lord's told me to do this. We are going to take up the special offering in that service. I'm calling it the stretch offering. And it will stretch you. It will stretch my wife and I. It will stretch us individually. It will stretch our church. But I'm asking you to pray and believe. Sure, I can say, hey, let's take it up today. But I want you to pray and prepare. I mean pray. I mean go online and look at your bank account. I would say pull out your checkbook, but most of us don't even use those anymore. Go online, pull up your bank account, look at the accounts you have and say, God, what would you have me give and sow and invest into the vision. One day, one offering, one year in offering that will propel us to the next level. What would God have you do? Yeah, last week I raised an offering and I asked people in our church to stretch in their giving, knowing that we would need to stretch ourselves. But that's called faith. That's called faith. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an amount that will scare you. It will be an amount that will stretch you. Could you imagine Moses' face when he says, All right, God, what you going to do? I just put you on display. And he turns and he says, Why are you crying out to me? Use the rod. The rod. Okay, it can turn, I, can, I can turn it into a snake. Uh, I, I can turn this water into blood. But hey, hey God, I, I need to get across it. I, I need to, to separate you want me to use this rod and just beat up a bunch of magicians? What do you want me to do with this? But God is saying today, what do you have in your hand? Bring your five loaves and two fish. Bring your five loaves and two fish. Bring the rod. Bring the rod. This next month, in September, I'm going to be ministering on how we reach people for the kingdom of God. 
The church has a problem today. We don't know how to love people like Christ loves us. We got a problem today. That all we see is a bunch of sinners. All we see is a bunch of people that mess up. And we don't know how to operate in the mercy and the grace of our king. And if we're going to get property, we better know how to love people that come in the building. We better know how to walk in love towards people that need to be pulled out of darkness. Every single one of you were in sin. I was in sin. I sinned the first time and it was enough to send me to hell. So we need to learn how to love people. And we're going to talk about increasing the reach. We're going to talk about stretching out. Because I'm not going to stretch my faith out if we're going to turn a bunch of people away. I'm not going to turn my faith uh, 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 stretch my faith out if I'm just going to say, oh, you don't believe by me? See you later. Oh, you do this? I can't help you. No, we're going to learn how to reach people, love people, and stretch people for the kingdom of God. So I'm encouraging you to be here every service in September. I know I say that a lot because I really want you to be here every single service that we have. So I encourage you to be here. And then come October, October 18th, We'll celebrate our four-year anniversary. Four years of seeing what God has done. And man, I can look back on the faithfulness, but the last thing I want to do is become complacent. Is this our Egypt? Sure, it might not torment us. Sure, I'm not, I don't have you enslaved to anchor faith church. But Egypt just represents complacency. Egypt just represents something that you need to get away from. And if this becomes our Egypt, we need to start pressing on to greater things. No matter what's in front of us that's separating us, $130,000 can be parted. Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine just raised over $80,000 in three days. Money is no obstacle. Money is no... Could God just impress upon the pastor and say, you need this, I'm going to let you have it. God can work in multiple ways, but I know he's going to stretch us. I know we're going to put our faith out there. And the only way we're going to increase our reach is when we expand our stretch. Father, we thank you this morning. Father, we thank you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. Everything we have, everything we are, how far we've come is only because of you. But Father, we don't want to just come this far when you have more. When you have more in store, when you've got more for us, we believe you for greater things. Greater things. We thank you for growth. We thank you for addition. We thank you for multiplication. We thank you for increase in the body of Christ. As we continue to stretch out, I thank you you'll increase us. And we'll reach more for the kingdom of God. Your kingdom is always advancing, always increase, always growing. And we want to be in tune with your spirit to hear what you have for us. We're in the stretch, but we trust in you and we rely. It's not our power that you want. It's our obedience. And as we obey you, we can do what you called us to do. We thank you for that this morning in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.